Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini, represented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, Coles Wicker is here. We are going to be breaking down more college basketball, I guess, but it's going to be through the microcosm of the NBA draft. I don't even think that's the way to phrase that. I don't even think microcosm works in this uh, sentence. But Cole, how are you doing, man? It's been a week since we talked. I've had a long week. Uh, this podcast <laughs> is being released on Friday, I think. We're recording it Wednesday because I have to fly to Pittsburgh for some personal reasons on Thursday morning. So how are you doing, man? How's everything going? Doing well. It's kind of the calm before the storm. Watched a ton of NBA. I think last time we basically only talked NBA. So today kind of fitting that we wrap up all of the preliminary preseason, you know, college prospects and uh, get those all in one podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk all bigs and forwards in this podcast in regard to the NBA draft. We're going to be sponsored by Bet Online. Do you want to start with bigs? Do you want to start with forwards? What are you what are you feeling? Let's just roll from the high pedigree guys first. I think guys want to hear more in depth about the guys that are mocked at the top of the draft, whether whether that's bigs or forwards. So I guess James Wiseman would probably be the place to start as far as who most sites have, you know, top five consensus. Yeah, so I'm kind of putting together my order for my mock draft that'll be out next week as we record this. And I'm pretty sure I will have Wiseman at three. Um I will have Wiseman ahead of LaMelo Ball, which I feel like you're going to murder me for. Um you are going to fly down to Los Angeles and just like <laughs> cut me. <laughs> So you have, we've gone through Wiseman already, I feel like. We talked about him when we did the Guards podcast. And part of the reason that I am as high on James as I am is because I really buy into the defensive potential. I think that as soon as he buys in on that side of the floor and we started, started to see some signs of that at McDonald's. We started to definitely see some signs of it at Hoop Summit. Uh, He is going to be just an absolute defensive monster, in my opinion. Now, this is all a tools-based projection and a projection based off of realistically like six months of having seen him play, when in reality, we have now probably two years. I saw James Wiseman for the first time over two years ago now, uh, of sample that says he is kind of a, I don't want to say low motor, but an inconsistent motor guy who doesn't always uh, bring his best skills to the table, sometimes doesn't always play up to his skill level offensively because he decides to flow down the perimeter and take shots that don't really fit within his skill set. I get the concerns with James Wiseman. I'm just betting on Wiseman being someone who is now on an upward trajectory, who has kind of figured out the defensive side of the floor in a way that uh, I have not seen from him in the past. So you're going to be lower on Wiseman and I'm comfortable with that. I would like to just give you the floor on what your concerns are with James. Yeah, I think I harshed out a lot of it on previous podcasts, but just as like a cursory review, if you watch this tape, if you dropped yourself into a game of his, let's say it was prolific prep, for example, and you watched him play even last December, you would never think based on that sample outside of his length and just general movement ability. He's very coordinated as far as like straight line running and stuff like that. You'd never think this guy would be the number one pick in a draft. You just wouldn't like, and, and you can always tell with these guys, like you can watch Cole Anthony for 20 seconds. You can watch Kate Cunningham for five seconds. You can understand what the allure is. For me, Wiseman, outside of the incredible length and just the coordination, the movement skills, I would not have ever guessed that he was that high of a prospect. And like you said, a lot of this is going to be projection-based. Go ahead. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with Wiseman, 
it's worth noting the measurables, right? James is seven foot one, and I think he's like a very real seven foot one. He yep. has a seven six wingspan, and I think it's a very real seven six wingspan. It definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Like, and if you watched him in high school games early in his career, and even up until like midway through last year, what you saw was a guy who could often get pushed away from the basket, could often. I don't want to say shut down, but like I've told, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, if not, I've written it before, where last summer I went to the Adidas championships out here in Orange County and he faced Oscar Shoeplay, right? Who's this six foot nine McDonald's All-American who's going to uh, West Virginia this year, uh, you know, 250 pounds, big barrel keg chest who could just knock James Wiseman off the like ground when he wanted to. He made James Wiseman, like, I don't want to say he made him quit, but, like, Shoeboy went for 20-20 in, like, 25 minutes against Wiseman. And Wiseman had, like, 12 points and four rebounds and generally looked somewhat disinterested in playing. Um, that's the kind of stuff with Wiseman that really put up my flags. I wrote an article on Wiseman saying, like, I am concerned about this guy whenever he committed to Memphis. I get the tools, but it's got to click into place at some. Over the course of the last six months, I think maybe even nine months now, I think it has clicked into place. You talk to people who've seen him since then, you go off of the scouting at McDonald's, you go off the scouting at Hoop Summit. I do think that the defensive potential has clicked in. Obviously has immense defensive potential around the basket just due to his length. He is very mobile and very fluid for a guy that is this big. Um, I don't know that you're going to call him a switch guy necessarily, but I think that you can call him a guy that is more mobile than like Rudy Gobert right? Where Rudy is going to struggle in these large spaces to stick with basically any guard. I'm not going to sit here and say like, I trust James to just flat out switch on to James Harden or switch on to Stephen Curry and be fine. But I think that you can like, he can slide with those guys like three slides and then recover back or slide with those guys uh, until his guard fights over the screen and uses length to contest and drop coverage. Like I think that there is just like a lot of defensive upside there that he's actually starting to actualize. And I think in large part, it also happens because he is probably around 240 pounds now. Like he's no longer just 220 pounds, 225 pounds and can be pushed around with a high center of gravity. He's a lot stronger and a lot more physically solid to where whenever someone like goes into his frame, he doesn't move as much now. It's not like he's having his center of gravity pushed backward and his arms flying forward toward the guy uh, at the basket and getting called for fouls. I'm not 100% in. It sounds like I'm like very in. <laughs> there are very real concerns and they start on offense because this dude, like I, I've said it before, he thinks he's Giannis. He's not that. He is a true center, rim running guy who can pick and pop in the future, I think. Uh, finish far above the rim, put a legit vertical threat at the basket it, but he's not a guy that you want creating offense, I don't think. It's just not where I'm at with him. As soon as he figures that aspect of it out, and I hope he does, some of these guys don't figure that out, I think that he is going to be a, like, he can be like a better, better version of like Mitchell Robinson, I think, where Mitchell is like super foul prone, gets out of position constantly and like struggles with all of that stuff. Um, he has the same vertical elevation, uh, has the ability to potentially shoot the ball from distance and can be a genuine difference maker at the basket. In this draft, to me, that's worth a top five pick. I understand the concerns that now I will give you the floor to voice again. <laughs> Yeah, I think 
again, this is mostly projection. Like what you're saying is based on an upward ascension of his play. So if we're yeah. speaking strictly about his past play, I think we would both agree it's a little bit below the line for what you'd want from a player, especially a big, frankly, in the modern game as a top five pick. You're, you're, you're kind of calculating it and inputting at least some upward trajectory based on what we saw at the Hoop Summit, where I agree that was probably his best defensive game that I've ever seen him play. So if he's going to play like that, then we have something here. I don't think he's quite the level of athlete maybe that you do. We've talked about this in the past. I don't think he's incredibly quick off the floor as a leaper. He's a little bit of a load guy. His body control as like a lob catcher, I don't love it necessarily. I don't think he's Mitchell Robinson as far as ability to get the ball in high point in the air. Mitchell's a little bit more fluid doing that. Defensively, I can see what you're saying as far as not being I, very great I think Mitchell's a little bit uh, quicker twitch. I will say yes. that. Yeah, and that's what I don't see from Wiseman. Like, he's not quick to explode off the ground. I don't really, again, I'm not, like, super, super high in his in-air coordination catching lobs. Like, obviously, he has the length and he has the bounce to do that. I just haven't seen that at lower levels to a convincing level. And defensively, again, I, I used this example last time, but if you watch him guard, pick, and roll, if you watch him try to stay with Cole Anthony, for example, like, he didn't even have the recovery bounce. Usually, you see, like, high-level explosion from these guys. Like, Mitchell Robinson is an incredible chase-down blocker, so if you blow past him because he's terrible technically a lot of the time like he can still block your shot and i haven't seen that yeah. from wiseman as far as that ability his production again this is an, another thing in the past his production in aau play as far as blocking shots was nowhere near mitchell's as far as in that kind of level so again a projection i, I think with wiseman like what are you really hoping for offensively if he's not going to be like you might be a little bit higher on him as like a pick and dive guy and even that is not really that valuable in the modern game like do you really think how, how much do you bet that he'll shoot do you think he's a convincing bet to shoot or are you more like cautiously optimistic it's a fair question um reasonable bet to shoot i think uh, i would not guarantee it i do think if you put a gun to my head i would say he will have a couple of seasons at least shooting 35 percent from three okay. so somewhere kind of in the middle of those two things i would say um probably a little bit more confident than you but like not wildly insane confident I'm going to say, like, I don't have a great feel on his touch level. He's never been a great free throw shooter, and he's not a convincing perimeter shooter, but he takes a lot of bad shots, and that's something that goes into his game. Like, he's going to have to cut that shit out, like the step-back jumpers. He's just yeah. not that level of shooter that he thinks he is. We both agree on that. I'm just saying, like, more long-term, I'm not sure if I'm betting necessarily on high upside shooting. I think maybe he can hit a catch-and-shoot three, pick-and-pop three in time. I'm not going to rule that out. I definitely want to see more of his touch and how that kind of plays in college. That's going to be really important for me because he's going to need that that stretch element can dribble a little bit in straight lines again the self-awareness point is something i want to hit is just this guy thinks he's Giannis. he's you know this kind of perimeter big like kevin durant for example he's just nowhere near that level of shooter so i think it's going to take some you know breaking this guy down and saying like you're not this player like you have to can you really embrace more of like this big role and even if he's really good in college again we've talked about the value of bigs in the modern nba and it's gonna have to be compelling you have to have a compelling case for me to have him that high even relative to the rest of the class, because I do like some of the guards in this class, because unless he's Jaron Jackson defensively, which I can bet a lot of money that he's not going to be probably like, I'm not going to be that interested in him as a defensive prospect unless he's like super, super elite. Yeah, I think that's where the difference, like, I genuinely think he has like elite potential defensive because I, okay. I like I like the fluid feet. Like, I don't think he's like hyper quick, but I think his fleet, his feet are pretty fluid and his length allows him to be able to just like kind of swallow up ball handlers. Now, you and I both have Cole at 
number one, right? Like you, you have yes. it's either him or Anthony Edwards, right? So like saying this guy can't stay with Cole Anthony in space is like, you know, it's whatever. Right. Like no center is probably gonna be able to stay with Cole. Very few centers are gonna be able to stay with Cole in space. It's those it's those other guys, right? On some level you do want the guys who can stay with the highest number of players in space. I don't know if James is that, but I do think he's gonna genuinely shut down the rim area because he's just like bigger and longer than Jaron. Like I think he's gonna be a better rim protector than Jaron Jackson. He is probably because what, Jaron has like a nine two standing reach, something like that. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, his standing reach is like probably 9'6", 9'7", something in that range. Like he's just going to be a better rim protector as long as his frame holds up. Uh, Rebounding, I have the same concern I had with Jaron, obviously, just because the effort level isn't super there all the time on the glass with James. I think that's reasonable to say. Um, Jaron just doesn't seem to have great instincts on the glass. And this has continued this year, unfortunately. Um, The fouling with Jaron has continued this year, unfortunately, as well. Um, I'm not like super worried about Jaron, but I've never been as high on Jaron as you are either. Um, Like, I still think he's going to be a very, very, very good player in the NBA. But um, I do see some similarities here in terms of those two players. What I think is going to be the differentiating factor for you is... Just seeing how James defends this year in um, a system that will be a pro-based system because Cody Toppert's there. Um, They really try and prep these guys for the NBA. And seeing what his reaction skills are and seeing what his feel for the game defensively is. Because uh, I'll be honest with you, like at Hoop Summit and McDonald's, you're not getting a great feel for that, right? You're getting a great feel for tools. You're getting a great feel for the way that these guys play five on five in a non-structured scheme, right? I'll be interested to see what James James looks like in a very structured scheme run by a guy that was literally just in the NBA last year. Yeah, sure. And I think, again, maybe in drop coverage as like a primary rim protector, you can have an argument here for sure over someone like Jaron who can get exploded through over the top, doesn't have the same level of length. But Weiss is not a great rebounder. He hasn't been in the past. So like, is he going to anchor your defense on the glass too, like boxing out? Can he be physical enough? Like all of these questions come into play. He's not going to be the help defender that Jaron is. He's just not going to. There's nobody that age that, have, that has done that. That's why I'm so high on him is because those instincts are so rare. So, I mean, Wiseman would have to literally blow me away and be like a complete opposite of what I've seen in high school to be that caliber of guy that I'd really bet on that high. So, I mean, how he's going to have to win, again, probably being a defensive anchor type, get on the glass, box guys out, be in drop coverage. I I think he can be an impediment in drop coverage if he can get a little bit stronger and, and absorb contact with these driving lead guards in superior fashion. Like, he can be an obstacle for sure. It's kind of like Aiton. I mean, he's not Aiton as far as movement skills and, like, the strength and, like, the core build. But if he can be a deterrent with the play in front of him, I think that's going to be a good step for him. If he can be a holistic, good defender off the ball and, like, react quickly and all that, that would push him to a different level for me. But I'm pretty skeptical there. And I will say, like, even hanging with Cole Anthony, I'm not even talking about, like, on a switch. I'm talking about in, like, a slight drop coverage and not being able to contain the ball. And that's something athletically where he should be able to do that. And we'll we'll kind of see. We're going to get at least some good sample of him doing that this year, hopefully with some quicker guards. And all of that plays into this calculus. I'm just – you're approaching this as, like, cautiously optimistic, I think, would be the best way to phrase it and i'm approaching yeah. it i'm a little skeptical yeah like i wouldn't even say i'm like wildly high on him maybe like I, yeah. I, there are scouts out there that like are very high on him and are high on the upside i like really up until the last like six months like i really did not like him as a prospect like i was in the same boat you are and i like I, i'm he's he's done a lot to win me over on defense okay. i will say that um all right this year they're gonna play for what it's worth 
Uh, NC State has really good guards. Tennessee has really good guards. Uh, they're going to get to play Georgia, uh, which means they're going to have an Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman yep. bowl. Um, and then also Houston with Quentin Grimes, Dejon Giroux, uh, Galen Robinson. I think Galen's still there. Is he there? I don't know for sure. I don't, I'm not that familiar with Robinson. I know Nate Hinton, of course, but I don't no, know the yeah, yeah, yeah. South Africa that well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Hinton. It's not Robinson. Um, you're right. We talked about Hinton last time, too. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get to see a lot of circumstances of James Wiseman dealing in space, basically. So I'm, I'm intrigued by this, for sure. Um, <laughs> where do you want to go next? Because on my big board right now, I have, or like the one I published in March, right? I have, in terms of bigs, James Wiseman, and then no more bigs until 11 with Isaiah Stewart. A couple forwards in there, Jaden McDaniels, Precious Achua. Which one of those three, I would say, do you want to talk about? Let's do the UW guys first. Okay. So I will be honest with you. I will have Isaiah Stewart ahead of Jaden McDaniels uh, in the upcoming mock draft that I published preseason. So let's talk about Stewart first. Six foot nine center, seven foot three wingspan, um, physically just a beast. I've been told from people who have been up to see UW practice that he's actually like really shooting it now. Um, we started to see some of that at Hoop Summit practices a little bit, but from what I've been told, like the people who went there who hadn't seen a ton of him in the past told me they were like, yeah, he's like an actual shooter, right? And I was like, that's not, that's that was new at Hoop Summit when I saw that. And they were like, oh, that's a great sign. Um, to me, he's like a bigger, longer Montrez Harrell at center um, with potential to be a better defensive impediment than Harrell is obviously. And thus, because of that, capable of being a starting center. I think he's the guy that I feel most comfortable betting on other than Wiseman being a starting center in this draft. Um, How valuable that is, you know, differing takes on that. Right. But when I look at Isaiah Stewart, I just see a guy between motor, between length, um, now potentially potential to shoot it uh defensive ability actually he's not bad in space he's fine you definitely want to drop him but like i don't think he's going to get smoked in drop coverage and we're not going to learn anything about that this year anyway because they're going to play him in the middle of that zone so yeah i am cautiously in on isaiah stewart as a like late lottery pick just Again, because of the depth of this draft class. I definitely agree with the shooting. I think he's going to shoot. Just from the, the tape I've seen, it looks translatable. Maybe not to three right away, but I do think he can shoot like an 18-footer and it's potential to get kicked out to three. So that part I agree with. As far as athletically, like as a rim-running type, if you compare him to Harrell, I get what you're saying about the motor and like the toughness and stuff like that being a little bit undersized. Do you think mm-hmm. he can like catch lobs like Harrell can? Is he that kind of speed athlete and, and like explosiveness? Maybe not quickness athlete like Montrez is, but I do think in terms of just like explosion and being able to like high point a ball. Yes, I do. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not, I haven't seen him for a while, so it's kind of like a vague recollection in my brain. I got to go watch back and watch him athletically as far as from a leaping standpoint. I did see him get exploded over the top of defensively a fair amount. That's kind of where I'm a little bit suspect on him. Of course, we're not going to find out too much in the Washington zone as far as space movement. He seemed decent there. Like he can survive maybe, but he's not going to be high level. Like I don't see him switching. And then he has gotten some comparisons to Wendell Carter. I think I've seen a little bit of that on mainstream. I think there's a lot of differences, frankly. And I think that you're going to see really Stewart is going to get exploded over a lot easier. Like Wendell is actually like an impediment at the rim and drop. I don't know if Stewart's going to be that. I'm a little 
bit more concerned there than a lot of people seem to be. But I'm very much looking forward to, even in the zone, being able to identify like his reactivity, his awareness, how quickly does he rotate. I expect the motor will be really good. He, he does play hard, and that's why so many scouts really like him, and I understand that because getting bigs who can who really try all the time is actually like a legitimate skill. I'm just not as sold on the defensive end of the floor, even though I do think his offense in certain respects is a little bit underrated. Like He's not just like this bull in the post, for example. Like I do think he has some stretch yeah. appeal. Yeah, uh, the fact that that has happened is a huge, huge... Uh, feather in his cap. The fact that like people think he's yes. going to shoot it now, that is incredibly important. And if he, if he shoots it, it is very easy for me to see him becoming a starting center in today's NBA. Um, I don't know. This is kind of an easy evaluation to me. Do we want to go any further? Do you have anything else? Not really. He's like, and again, I haven't seen him for about four months, so it's going to be nice watching him again. Yeah. So let's go to Jaden McDaniels. Uh, I have... I don't know. He's the biggest wild card in this draft. Like <laughs> every time I see him on the court, I just want to go wild card bitches. <laughs> like, oh. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like he didn't play in there um, in a lot of their early stuff that scouts got a chance to see. And he didn't like, he's going to play tomorrow, I guess, or today, whenever their um, new exhibition is. So I'm excited to see him on the floor, but he's just always been a guy that has a lot of interesting tools, but can get taken out of a game somewhat easily because of a lack of strength and because yep. his shooting isn't to the point that it needs to be. It's good for a guy that's six foot 11 as an 18 year old. It is not good for efficiency standpoint, right? Yeah. And I think for me, I've never, he's never really popped for me when I've watched him. He's some, you, can, you can get the allure, like the fluidity at that size, some of the shooting. I think he's had a couple interesting passes, not a high-level decision maker, but I think maybe his feel might be a touch underrated. Not as great or anything, but he, I think he's capable from what I've seen. I, I just In the games I've watched, he has not been nearly the best prospect on the floor. Like I watched him, I think it was against in hoop hall against like Antoine and Scotty Lewis. And they both looked a lot better than him. If I'm remembering correctly, I've just never seen a setting where it's like, Oh, that guy's like a real prospect. He's like a top five guy outside of, again, just like the tools, like fluidity um, standpoint. Like I think at some point ESPN, not calling these guys out or anything, but had him number one on their 2019 board or 2020 board. And I was like, I've just never seen that ability from him. Like, if you start showing it, that'd be great. I'd love to have kind of like a wing forward prospect in this class who can make shots off the dribble and maybe make decisions and stuff like that. Like, this class really needs that kind of player. I just have never really seen it from him. Yeah, like, it's all... He's very, very good in open spaces because this that's just, like, the where the skills play up, right? Like, he has good ball handling ability for a guy that's 6'11", but... His handle is kind of loose and he's 6'11", so his dribble's like pretty high and, you know, it's not actually ideal when he's in the half court. Uh, he's like 190 pounds, so guys can really get into his body, but whenever you're in transition, it's harder for guys to square you up and really get into your body. Uh, he's a good shooter for guys guy that's 6'11", but he's not uh, a great shooter in general, right? Whenever he has to make like rapid fire decisions on the jump shot and get to yeah. like his pull-up game, right? So it's all about tightening his skills and adding strength to where he is no longer just a transition open court player. Um, transitioning his skills to the half court game is the most important thing. And the good news about him being at Washington is they play a lot of zone. So we're going to get to see him a lot in the half court offensively <laughs> because they just don't get a lot of transition opportunities defensively. So 
I want to like him, but this is the kind of player type where the track record goes all the way from like Kevin Durant, fucking incredible, to Austin Day, who obviously just never figured it out. Um, And I I just don't know where to go with all of it. Yeah, and I'm 100%. I think that's a great way to phrase it. Uh, He has alluring traits. Like if you watch his highlight videos, like the fluidity at that size, can he get to the rim? Can he use his strength? With Functional strength is a big, big problem for him as far as being able to break guys down, be able to take contact at the basket. It's just an ultimate wild card. Like this is, he's one of the most wild card players in this class to me, like you noted. Like there's just, there's some variants. Like I don't think he has necessarily like incredible upside because I haven't seen it at lower levels. And you usually see flashes of like brilliance, which I haven't seen, but he can be a useful player if things go right for him. It's just going to be about contextualizing the information better and getting a better sample against better athletes and work out all of these question marks. So I guess the last guy that we want to go to here is, uh, I mentioned Precious Achua. Achua is six foot nine, has the size of like a real center, more of a four man, uh, has developed his offensive ability quite a bit. He's a good athlete, plays with an incredibly hard motor. That is why uh, he's always pretty productive when he's on the floor uh like he runs the floor as well as any like guy with center size as you'll find in this draft um really worked on the jump shot to the point where when i saw him at hoop summit i thought that there is a chance that this guy shoots at some point um doesn't have much in the way of ball skill yet not like a crazy decision maker yet but he will be productive this year that i don't really yeah i actually really like the athleticism motor combination with him i might actually like him more than a lot of quote-unquote draft twitter does even though i'm not like a huge fan of his feel level but he just plays his ass off in the games that i've seen and i like that because he's a very real athlete to me he's not like one of these fake athletes so i I, there's some allure if he can make jump shots i don't know if i'd ever trust him making decisions i want to see what his rotation awareness is like in a more structured setting that help defense can he be a backline defender can he protect the rim All of that stuff. There's going to be a lot of feel questions that need to be answered with him. But I do like the baseline that he has. And if he can shoot the ball, you know, I think he's a first round pick kind of player. Like, I I just think he has that kind of ability uh, if certain things break right. Like, I do, again, want to see the decision making elements and like the instincts of his game. Yeah. Uh, What do you think of his shot? Because that's kind of the number one thing that I was worried about up until I saw him like last March and he started to show some flashes here and there. Yeah. I don't remember like the most recent mechanics. I I can't picture it in my head right now. I know his inputs, his shooting numbers aren't great historically, but that doesn't really matter if he's made, it it does matter to an extent, but it doesn't matter completely if he's made, if he's tinkered with his mechanics or whatnot. So there's something I have to go back and watch more of his touch and stuff. That's he's kind of a, I haven't done as much research on him. I've watched him at hoop summit and and stuff and i've seen some of his high school games Uh, a lot of it was like slashing he didn't really shoot the ball a ton in the games that i watched yeah um another guy like Jaden mcdaniels where he's gonna have to figure out what his role is in the half court uh maybe it's a floor spacer if the jump shot really has taken a stride maybe it's like just the dunker spot which makes him a lot less valuable in my opinion um because i would hope that you can run james wiseman and screen and roll and then replace into the dunker spot and then kind of run some other actions but like i am intrigued by him to where he will probably be like a borderline-ish lottery guy for me right now um the next guy i want to talk about is denny avdija um do you do you want to give me a different pronunciation on that i don't know if there is one (laughs) okay i'm there's a lot of these guys internationals where i just kind of i'm gonna lean on you here for the correct pronunciation i guess yeah so like the reason that i tend not to know these guys uh in terms of pronunciation is because i watch them all on synergy with like music on 
and Same. don't like go crazy with like listening to international commentary because I can't understand the languages that they're speaking most of the time. So uh, with Denny, six foot nine, kind of uh, point forward, I guess is the way I would put it. Very, very good passer. Um, very high feel for the game. You can throw him on the low block and he can make cross corner kickouts. You can throw him at the high post. He can take a pick and rolls ball handler, run to a cross corner kick out the opposite direction. Um, he is a guy that uh, just generally makes plays happen. He actually is like a uh, better defender at youth levels, at least than what you would expect for his athleticism levels. Just because again, he does have that, uh, incredibly high feel for the game where I'm worried is that a lot of his best moments so far in his career have come as an on-ball creator. For instance, he just won the U 20 European championships MVP, despite being 18 years old, which is an incredible accomplishment, but he did it while throwing up like a sub 50 true shooting percentage while shooting 28% from three and not really showcasing much in terms of efficiency. Uh, He just made a lot of shit happen, which is great. And it led Israel to the title and he deserves those accolades. But I just wonder how it translates to an off ball role. What do you think of Denny's game here? Yeah, I've seen a ton of him at this point and we can just cut the bullshit and get right down to the fine print as far as can this guy shoot the ball or not off the catch, off the dribble, mostly off the catch even I'd settle for that. And I'm not, Oh, that's all he needs, I think. I agree. I'm not sold on that, though. As far as his mechanics, I I don't love his touch. Like, he misses a lot of runners that he should make. Even some easy baskets he blows. You just don't see convincing, like, LaMelo. I'm I'm not even going to bring Luca into this conversation, but you don't see that kind of ability there to compensate for his shooting numbers historically, which are absolutely horrendous. We're talking about, like, a low 60s free throw shooter. He's usually under 30% from three. And a lot of these are catch and shoots. It's not like it's just off the dribble. So if he can present some convincing evidence that he can shoot the ball this year, I like a lot of other elements of his game. But when you watch him shoot free throws, for example, now segmented his releases, which means like he brings the ball up, very two-motion release. He's still kind of loaded when the ball reaches the top of his forehead. There's just no energy transference. It's all in his arms. So maybe if he gets a little bit stronger... You know, he can shoot from distance a little bit better because some of the times, a lot of the times he hits the front of the rim. But I've seen some really bad misses from him, side-to-side misses that you just don't see from great shooters. And if he could just, again, have convincing evidence that he could shoot the ball, he's a no-brainer, probably top 10 pick for me pretty easily because the field level is great. His most underrated skill, frankly, is the fact this guy fucking plays hard. That's yeah. what I love about his game the most is he plays really hard. And you notice it so much because, I tweeted this, you notice it because of how smart he is. Like, those two things work in conjunction, like team defense. He makes great rotations. He makes great cuts offensively. He's really smart and he tries. And there, there's a lot of things you can do with that because he's very aggressive. I like aggressive players. Probably I've underrated that quality in the past with, pros- with prospects. He's very aggressive and assertive that way. He knows what to do on the floor. I really like that, but it doesn't mean that much if he can't shoot the ball. And we're not talking about Luka Doncic here. Like, people got to get that out of their heads. He's like a shot maker. He doesn't even come close. Yeah, he's definitely not that. He's like more Dario Saric, almost, athletically. Like, he's not, he's definitely not Luka. Um, he moves but he moves much better than Dario. Like, he's that's, good that's laterally. Better. He's yeah. fast. He's actually fast. Like, that's the thing I've noticed about him. He can get low, too. He can bend his hips and, like, drive really low with the ball. Like, I'm not really that concerned about him as an athlete, frankly. Like, I think his burst is even pretty good. Where I concerned a little bit is, like, if you play him at, like, a small ball four, for example, like a point forward, like, the leaping is going to hinder him. Like, if you're six, 
nine with like a six ten wingspan or whatever the hell he has. Like even Brandon Clark has problems with that. And Brandon, Brandon Clark's like a world class leaper. He's quick off the floor. Like Denny, I don't think you're going to see the same rim protection value that you see internationally, where he makes awesome rotations. Like he blocks shots. I just don't know how translatable that is. Yeah. I totally agree with all of that. Uh, the biggest key is the jump shot. No question. Um, motor is great. I love that. I love the basketball IQ. I think that like his passing ability is genuinely very good. Like, yes, he turns the ball over a good amount, but I do think that in part it is because like, for instance, when he played with Israel, so much was on his shoulders in terms of creation, right? Like he was just asked to do a lot. I'm not as concerned about the turnover stuff as I am about the jump shot and about the lack of length and about the lack of size. Uh, it's hard without the jump shot. It is hard to fit him into a role at the next level. That makes sense. Basically, uh, unless he just becomes like a world-class defender, which I'm not sure I see just because of the physical tools. So that's kind of the concern here, I think, is just what is the role if he is not on the ball, right? Like, I'm just not, I don't really know what to do with that. And because of that, I can see a world where he's going to be very polarizing. Um, Basically, teams that think they can fix the shot are going to be super high on him. Teams that think they can't fix the shot are probably going to see him as like a guy outside of the top 20, I would think, right? Yeah, I think he could be. I'm not sure. It depends on the rest of the class and how good it is, but I get your point as far as like, if he doesn't shoot, he's not that useful. And I think this is what's so fun about him is like, I don't even think I have to watch him anymore. I know what he is. It just comes down to the shooting and like the post or the pre-draft process. How well does he shoot in the workouts? Does he make any mechanical adjustments? Like what are teams think about that? Like the reports coming out from some of these guys if, if like the DX guys are at you know his workout, what do they say about his shot? Like, what's the fluidity like? All of those. It's really just the shot, man. Like, I'm not saying this guy has a crazy upside. Like, I don't think he's going to be like some initiator who's going to really like get to the rim and finish at like a super high level or like be like this awesome pull up shooter. But if he can shoot and he can do a lot of different things on offense and be kind of a Swiss Army knife, I, I do think he has value as a player. So Denny is one of the few players that you can actually bet on because he's playing right now. We have to wait until college basketball starts to <laughs> bet on some of these guys. The best place to go bet on Denny of Deja and Maccabi Tel Aviv is betonline.ag. Uh, football season's in full swing. Basketball season on the NBA side's in full swing. College basketball gets in full swing on Tuesday. Go to betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional basketball, baseball, uh, you know, we're recording on a night where the World Series Game 7 is. Uh, every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bets, parlays, teasers, whatever you want to do, uh, betonline.ag's got it. Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with uh, our new spot, sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, all right, Cole. So we're through the complicated <laughs> ones, I guess. Well, no, there's actually one more incredibly complicated one. Um, the next guy here I've got is Matthew Hurt. We didn't talk about okay. Matthew Hurt last time. Six foot nine, six eleven wingspan, kind of on that wing forward continuum. I think he's probably going to be best as a four, especially this year at Duke. I have concerns that they're going to play him at the three regularly, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for me for him on the college level. What Matthew Hurt does super well is he shoots the shit out of the ball and he makes very good decisions on the floor. His feel for the game is very, very high. Um, 
good fluidity, can attack a closeout, can make a choice on the move with things flying at his face. There are some real concerns, though. I know that you probably like him a little bit more than I do, so I will give you the floor to uh, delve in. Yeah, I think where we might disagree a little bit is on his space defense and his overall defensive aptitude. I think, first of all, we're going to agree on some aspects of his defense, mainly that the strength is a really, really big issue. I think he can get exploded through. Can he anchor at the four? I have big questions about that. And I think that's why you see some deviation between a three and the four. I do think he's more of a locked-in four. If you watch his FIBA tape, he does move well in space. He's not great. like He's not like a dynamic switch guy or anything. But I do I do think he's, he'll be okay there. I'm interested to see what he is as like a weak side rim protector like i've watched all duke scrimmages and i haven't really seen that element of his game like he does make good rotations he's usually in the right place but i want to see him be a little bit more impactful at the basket he's not a great leaper so he's gonna have to win with timing and his size and a little bit of length so we'll see how that plays out but i think what you said at at first the two things with him are shooting i think he's underrated as a shot maker that's the one thing that we might disagree on a little bit like he can straight shoot we're both going to agree that he can shoot from range i love his little body input like i love big shooters that don't have a lot of shit going on and his lower body is very good at that like he's very it's very clean mechanics in his lower body up upper body he has like a really high release a little bit it's a little bit different than you see from a lot of prospects but i actually like that more from a shot making standpoint like he can hit dirt yeah. one-footed fadeaways he's got really good balance on his shot so i think that might be where he has a little bit of an underrated ceiling maybe not incredible ceiling but i do think he's a little underrated in just that capacity i love his feel for the game he knows where to be he passes on the move like all that stuff really stands out on duke you can already see that um offensively so i it really just come down to me is how impactful is his defense how much girth do you think he can add because i do think eventually he's going to be a locked in four so yeah uh with hurt you mentioned it with the defense right it's not that his feet are bad it's that you know i've just seen him get pushed around so easily on the floor um he is like 200 pounds it's six foot nine and it honestly he might not even weigh that much that's like me just guessing like i can look at what he weighs in right now at duke uh while we're talking here but like i've just seen him get pushed around not even by just big guys but like by guys who just explode through him. And when I look at the frame, I don't really see a guy that, or I don't really see a frame that is going to be amenable to putting on a ton of weight. Like you're not talking about like broad shoulders here. You're talking about really, uh, I think kind of skinny shoulders, to be honest. Um, There's just like not a lot of strength there that I think is going to portend well to the NBA game where your ability to uh, transition your lateral quickness into your strength and explode upward to contest shots is incredibly important. And I'm just not sure I see that yet. So Duke has him listed right now at 214 pounds. If he is 214 pounds by the time January rolls around, I will be completely and utterly shocked. Uh, There's just... Maybe he like has gotten up that high just because he spent the whole summer like really lifting. But these guys tend to lose, like especially skinny guys like this who like really bulk up. They tend to lose that weight throughout the course of the season. And I just worry about him keeping it on. Um, Yeah, like it's not that I don't buy. Like honestly, I'm probably going to have him right on the edge of the lottery whenever I release my board. It just says more about this class than I think anything. But like I am very worried about the defense. I'm not worried about the offense at all because I think he can put the ball on the floor. I think that he can knock down shots. I think he is a shot maker. Like you said, that stuff actually isn't super worrisome to me. Uh, I do just worry a lot about 
what he looks like on. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna have to find out this year. Like, how translatable do you think it is? I, I again, I do. I tend to bet on guys who are smart who have positional size, but I do worry about the strength is really the the big thing here. I mean, that's where if he was stronger, if he had a better frame, like I would have him really high in this class. I, I do think him versus Denny is a legit debate that people can have because I do feel like Hurt yeah. is just a much more projectable role offensively off the ball. Like I do think that Hurt's gonna be like a volume three point shooter who can pass and, and also put the ball on the floor, and that's really valuable to have like that shot making too but uh yeah i mean it's gonna come down to team fit too like this hurt play next to like a go bear for example you know what i mean like that's gonna influence a lot like if you have anthony davis playing the four he's gonna beat the shit out of these guys anyway like matthew hurt can't guard anthony davis <laughs> i'm pretty sure on that but uh you get a you get a matchup where he's against like more of a combo forward i think it's more um amenable to his gifts because i do think he can move well enough in space to contain guys and maybe he doesn't get enough credit there okay so i want to go to his teammate vernon Carey next um Vernon is a guy that was a consensus. Was he top five by the end of recruiting rankings? Is that a thing? I th- he was definitely top 10. I don't know about top five off the top of my memory. He's really high. So I think that you agree with me that you're not super high on his NBA translation, right? Yeah, I just don't believe in the defense. So we can get into some of the um, details here as far as I do like a lot of his offensive ability, but defensively, I'm not really buying. So, yeah, he was sixth in 24-7's final composite uh, rankings uh, that are grabbed from across the... So, six foot ten, 275-pound center, big frame, doesn't move well in space. Um, I don't real. I've never seen him, like, defend super well at the rim either. Uh, In terms of his offense, I don't really see him as a shooter. I see him as, like, a back-to-the-basket guy. I've seen the jump shot, and I actually don't really like the mechanics at all. Um, Yeah, I don't... I don't get it. I'm just gonna be honest. Like... (laughs) Maybe maybe I haven't been around like the right games, but like I remember I saw him for the first time maybe two years ago and he was just like walking up and down the floor, like barely crossed half court in transition. Um, Then I saw him a bunch of times again uh, the next summer and then I saw him at Hoop Summit and McDonald's and I was, or no, it was just Hoop Summit because he was hurt at McDonald's. Um, And I was just like, I don't get it. I've never really gotten the appeal here. Uh, please, please give me the uh, the spiel. <laughs> well, I like, will I'll, say, if you I'll be honest. In- like, I, I don't see him as like a five star prospect. Like, uh, there are numerous five star prospects I would rather have. I would rather have Oscar Shubway. I would rather have DJ Carton. Um, I'd rather sure. have Oscar Okoro. Like, I'd rather Boogie Ellis. Like, we can go down the list. Um, there are a lot of like five star guys or four star guys that I would rather. Have. Yeah, I mean, if you don't buy the shot, I wouldn't like Carry either. Like, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I agree that mechanics aren't ideal. I'm I'm want to see them over a bigger sample this year. That's what I'm looking for most from his offense. If you look at his passing, I think he has pretty damn good feel. Like he made in the Duke scrimmage, he made a couple really awesome skip passes on the move. Like sure. I think he has legitimate offensive feel. You can put the ball on the floor a little bit, and he's also a bull. Like I don't think he's an interior big, but the ability to actually play in the interior as well is, is big for him. Like he can kind of be multifaceted if everything goes right for him. You, you can see the offensive skill level. He's more of like a third big who can give teams like modern spacing, be able to play make a little bit, set some screens. I'm just talking optimistically as far as ceiling. Maybe some people think ceiling is actually higher than that because of his offensive skill level. Um, I can see why he was such a high recruit, though, because you look at him and how he dominated, like, the Duke scrimmage. You're like, yeah, he probably just killed high school guys. Like, I didn't watch a ton of him at lower levels. Like, there are games where I've seen him just, like, dominate inside because, like, no one – he just carves out space at will, right? Like, it's just very easy for him to get his position. Um, You can't really do that in the NBA. Like, he's super strong, and I think he'll be one of the strongest players if he reaches the NBA but like you just can't do that that's just not the way the nba works it's a skill game um 
passing on the move would be different. Like I've never seen him make a pass on the move. I've seen him make some really interesting reads on the block where he's like hit a cross court guy kick out for three where he's hit like a cutter. Honestly, I've seen him like drill a behind the back pass before um, like to a cutter that it was like really interesting, but I just, I've never seen the passing stuff on the move that where he can be like, Oh yeah, we're going to put him into a Greg Monroe role where he can destroy a team with like dribble handoffs and short roll passing. I've seen the vision. I have not seen the consistent decision-making. Like there's a difference between being able to throw like an occasional flash pass and the ability to make like consistently good reads. I haven't seen enough of his tape to say consistently good reads, but I have seen passing vision on the move. I've seen um, coordination as a face-up ball handler. I don't know. I'm not sure how great of like a straight slasher he is. If he has the body control to like avoid charges. Like I think he, in one of the Duke scrimmages, he picked up like two quick charges because he was just running through guys. And like, that's, you have to see more agility side to side. But I do think the foundation, offensively if he does shoot the ball you can talk yourself into like a multifaceted offensive big who can be more of a situational guy like again we're talking maybe a third big if everything goes right that's kind of how i see him so him or nafali dante um option c <laughs> generally um, totally with you on that but like if you had to pick one i think i would go carry I, I think i would just take that like third big offensive upside like if he can shoot well enough maybe you hope ideally he can be someone i'm not saying he's this guy but someone like a kelly olenic for example who can come off the bench and just shoot and kind of move off the ball and, and offer you some perimeter skills yeah um neither will be a top 50 guy for me probably maybe, maybe i think i would go vernon but i mean not interested regardless like just not not my kind of guys uh is a prospect. yeah for me i mean i'm always i'm always defense first for big so i'm and you have to be able to move in space be multifaceted and also be somewhat skilled and neither of those players really qualify but it depends on the class like if the class is really shallow and it ends up not being like what i think some of the incoming freshmen could be i could see carry at the end of the first round i just don't like like some of the feedback he get maybe he goes lottery based on his skill set and then that that's where it gets a bit a bit too rich for my blood there yeah yeah i mean like If he has a really good year at Duke, end of first round is fine. And I think he will. Honestly, like, if you told me he averages, like, 14 and 9 in 22 minutes a night, that's not impossible to me. Like, he's going to be very productive at Duke. Yeah, and to me, like, they're not the same player again, but I was much higher on Jonte Pora than you were. And I'm not saying that Carey's going to be that smart of a player, because that's why I was so high on Jonte. Jonte's shooting is immeasurably better than his. And that was going to be my second point is like, I think Jonte's mechanics were awesome and he was so proven there. Like Kerry has to do so much this year to convince me that he's going to be that kind of perimeter shooting threat. If that makes and sense. And his ball handling and his decision-making on the move from what I've seen, at least you're saying that like maybe Vernon, uh, like I would imagine that you would agree that Jonte had better decision-making on the move even so. Right. Well, I would be hard pressed to say that Kerry would ever have that level. Jonte is brilliant again, but I just haven't seen enough of Kerry to say, does he have good decision-making on the move? Like I do think he has vision but there's a difference between those two things right um yeah no like like you said like i was like okay jante is like an end of the first round guy at some point um yeah and i'm just lower on carry so yeah so it's kind of congruent i guess um Trendon Watford or Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Which one do you want to talk about next? I've seen much more of Earl. So you can take on Watford really quick. I haven't seen him in probably three and a half, four months. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. So what what do you like in Watford's game? So Trendon Watford, six foot eight, six foot nine, seven two-ish wingspan, does play pretty hard defensively. The jump shot has taken a big leap over the course of the last year, I would say, to where like I actually buy him now as a three and D type of guy. Um 
Christian Watford's brother, obviously the guy who hit the big shot against Kentucky, the uh, 38 and one team, if I remember correctly, um, that won the national title with Anthony Davis and Michael Keith Gilchrist. Watford to me is uh, a guy that I will have in the top 25, maybe top 20 ish uh, as a potential three and D like combo forward who can put the ball in the deck a little bit, still needs to improve there. I haven't seen a whole lot of like the decision-making on the fly from him yet. Um, I want to see what he looks like at LSU this year. Uh, I think that LSU has a really interesting team. I talked about them on the last podcast with um, the three man weave guys where I just worry about their depth in general. Like I, I don't know that I love their uh, options if some guys go down, especially in the backcourt. But with Watford and with Skylar Mays and with Javante Smart, like this is a talented team that is going to be worth checking in on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of different guys. Like for me, I, I, I'm pretty conservative in my watch list. I think I have seven guys on this team. I mean, all, most of these guys aren't going to be real NBA prospects, but it, it's a pretty stacked team as far yeah, as talent. You have like a 300 person watch list, right? <laughs> Something and, like I'm that. not joking. Like it's like actually like, trust me, like <laughs> by the time like I sit down on my airplane tomorrow and like really start locking in guys, I'm going to be right around the same. Like it's I don't mean that as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's just helpful to have a like a conservative estimate of exactly who's on what team. And like I, I tend to work my way from the bottom up. So you start with 300, 400, then you condense down. So I, I felt like that's the way you don't miss as many guys. But Watford to me looks more of like a face up four from what I've seen. But I don't remember him. I was kind of impressed with some of his handling sequences. I don't know about the decision making, the jump shot looked fine defensively i can't really say anything about him on that end outside of you know he has some strength so i'm intrigued he's probably one of the guys of the elites or at least some people consider like sub elite prospects in like the first round territory that i just haven't seen as much tape on okay so uh jeremiah robinson earl seen seen a good amount of him so i i like the polish on his game i like that he's physical i like that he's tough uh, he has a really good feel for the game he's improved the jump shot that's ultimately going to be where my interest lies this season how much of a stretch guy can he be but seems like a player in the marcus morris mold who you know maybe would be better off staying a second year potentially but um is intriguing for the perimeter skill set he provides at six foot nine as well as the fact that he's strong enough to like deal with dudes inside too absolutely has to stretch he's gonna have to be a stretch four in my opinion that's when you can unlock you know the not a great maybe. athlete as well i should say that's exactly right because i think a lot of the baskets like if you watch the scrimmage against usc he's getting a lot of his baskets in the post and he doesn't have great bounce and he's not like crazy long and positional size he's not going to have like a great advantage there like he is strong but in the nba that's going to be mitigated a lot so i worry a little bit about how he gets his baskets if he can't space the floor that's ultimately the question with him people can disagree some on the space defense i think that i've seen good tape i've seen some not so good tape of him there i'm not sure if he's gonna be like the switch guy or anything like that he does make really good rotations very smart player like i think I, his iq is really high like, great feel for the game overall like i do like his team defense but it's gonna come down to can he be like a convincing weak side rim protector how good can he switch against guards a lot of unanswered questions but i do like the foundational feel level he's just not the caliber of athlete that i think he needs to be to really be like a plus get in the draft for like his role yeah i'm gonna have him like at the end of the first round early second round this year i'm like not 100 percent convinced he's a one and done to be honest but he is a guy that does present potentially interesting perimeter skills as a pure four man like he is a pure four but i also think like he possesses 
better movement skills than what you would expect for a non-explosive vertical leap. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And there's there's some stuff to like there. Like, I have no problem with him at the end of the first round. Some people I respect have him over Matthew Hurt, for example, and that's, I can't get there. Well, yeah, just because the Hurt fit is a lot easier to find. Robinson Earl's body is much better than Hurt's, um, but I'm going to buy skill at this level more than I'm going to buy just, like, strong, non-explosive frame, right? Right. Um, Jalen Smith is the next guy here. Uh, I will have Jalen Smith in my first round. I like him. Uh, not like a crazy amount, but I am very interested to see what he looks like as a potentially sole big in the Maryland front court this year because he is six foot ten, seven foot one wingspan. Really, really runs the floor well. Showcased some really interesting skills, especially late in the season as a potential shooter uh, from a motor perspective. The big question for me is defense. I don't really know what he is defensively yet, but Sticks is at least someone that uh, has. <laughs> an intriguing base of skills to be a third big. I, that's how I see him as more of a third big. I will say his speed and transition is actually really impressive. Like he can really change ends. He's fast. Yep. I'm just more concerned about his flexibility. He's very yep. Miles Turner-esque as far as his gait. Like when you watch him drive, like he can't bend at all. He's very up and, up and down. So I think that kind of mitigates some of his movement skills ability. I just don't see that hip flexibility with his game overall. Wh- what position does he defend? Like he's not going to defend fives. He's too light, I think, as far as a starter. And as a four, is he going to be flexible enough to take somebody off the dribble? Or is he like a straight catch and shoot four, which those don't really exist anymore. Like you have to be able to play make a little bit. Can you make decisions? His passing probably impressed me a little bit more last year just because I came into it thinking he couldn't pass it all from the tape I'd seen. So not a high level decision maker in my opinion, but maybe a little bit more there than meets the eye. And he might be able to be put in positions like if you remember Bruno Fernando, we touched on this on the podcast. Like He had a huge spike in his passing from his freshman to sophomore year. Yeah. Maybe that happens for Jalen Smith. I, I see the entry. He might be like a top 60 guy for me. But again, we talk about the value of third bigs and I'm, I'm just not really there yeah uh negative assist to turnover last year you really have to buy into him taking that leap in terms of the way he sees the floor uh was something of a late bloomer from what i understand in high school so you have to believe like that the trajectory is still going upward um he was he was identified early but i mean in terms of like a guy that continually rise through the rankings as someone that i think finished for some people like in the top 10 of those recruiting rankings in 2018. Um, the big keys here, again, the jump shot and the passing ability. I Like you said, like I think that he did showcase some interesting reads in terms of passing, but the game seemed to be, seemed to be moving a little bit too fast. And also the floor was just very clumped for him last year. When Bruno had the ball, it was about Bruno and Bruno was able to just kind of spot guys all over the court as a passer, right? Um, for Jalen, the spots that Jalen would occupy on the floor, it was a lot harder for him, I think, to make plays with the ball. So that's yep. that's the skill set I want to see. I want to see him shoot the ball and I want to see him pass the ball. If he does both of those things at a reasonable level, I do think that like he is probably a late first round pick just because uh, much more athletic than like someone like Vernon Carey. Uh, just a, it's an easier sell for me defensively in uh, many, many ways. Yeah, and I think more importantly, he's going to be valued by the league like that. He's someone who I think the league is going to really like if he can shoot the ball and he shows that because the league tends to think about like for big spacing the floor and then in space your space defense like how well can you slide i think he's okay enough there like he moves well enough overall not great at changing directions to at a high level but 
I do think that he's he's a prospect probably that's going to end up if he shoots the ball from three and the NBA buys that if he improves his free throw percentage all of that then he could be like a top thirty five top forty pick. Obi Toppin is next for me, um, guy who really broke out this summer at Nike Basketball Academy. Uh, was really productive last year in a way that uh, I think a lot of people didn't recognize. Was able to declare for the draft, and NBA scouts and executives were very interested. He is going to be 22. If I remember correctly this year, is that where you have him? I can't. I don't have his age next to me, but I think he is a little bit older. So, yes, uh, by March 2020, he'll be uh, 22 years old. So uh, that's not normal for a guy who will be a sophomore this year, obviously. Um, A guy that I do believe uh, will be able to stretch it out and space it a little bit. But he's kind of a pure five to me, and he's six foot nine without great light. Yeah, I do buy the shooting a little bit more than he gets credit for. He hasn't shot a lot in college as far as volume, but I do buy the mechanics well enough. He can be very, I think he can be useful, honestly, as like a pick and pop, pick and dive guy. as like a second unit big where you just up the tempo. You can change ends and you can finish. Really good finisher when he can load up, especially Um, explosive athlete. So there's some things to like there. I've seen a little bit of taking guys off the dribble in space. Um, His coordination Mm -hmm. seems good defensively again this is where we've talked about him in the past especially when you went to nike like i don't really buy the the hip flexibility as far as moving yeah. in space laterally and like the weak side rim protection i've never seen great instincts from him as a team defender so this just comes down to philosophy i'm not as high on like play finishing bigs who you know don't play defense at a high level the nba is though like he will be drafted in the top 40 i would say so I guess that the comparison here is like you're hoping for a Rashawn Holmes type, right? Yeah, Rashawn Holmes, who's like a more legitimate shooter. Because Rashawn Holmes is kind of a fake shooter. Like I think right. Toppin can probably actually shoot threes. Right. But like when you watch Kings games, particularly this year, right, where like you can see the like distinct difference in terms of like feel for the game whenever he's on the floor versus when Dwayne Dedman's on the floor. And I don't mean that in terms of like their, you know, Rashawn Holmes's feel versus Dwayne Dedman's feel. I mean, it is just like the way that that team plays. It really helps the Aaron Fox to have like a vertical, uh, you know, pick and roll threat to be able to lob to in that offense. Whereas with Dedman, he's not that threat. He's like a guy that you want picking and popping instead yes. of uh, actually rolling to the basket. It really just kind of clutters things when Dwayne rolls to the basket. So it, it is very interesting to me that uh, there is still a space for these guys that are powerful rollers who can finish above the basket or above the rim, even if they aren't necessarily these high-end defenders or high-end, uh, you know, really just defenders no, no. is what worries me, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But I, he's kind of like a Carlisle big where like it's, he's not the exact same player as someone like a Dwight Powell. But in a system yeah. like that where you just have a very spe- specific role for him if he's picking, popping at times, but mostly diving and putting rim pressure that way. I think he's going to be an NBA player. So at a certain point in the draft, like he's going to be ranked and he's going to be drafted at a certain spot because I do see a specific role for him, especially in the regular season. Yeah, I agree with that. Um Let's see, where do we, do we want to talk Jordan Wara? Uh, Jordan Wara just needs to be something defensively. Uh, He can really (laughs) shoot it. He's actually a really underrated vertical athlete, but he just doesn't move his feet well enough defensively. Um, Decided to go back to Louisville. I think that was the right move, to be honest. I don't think he was going to be a top 40 pick in last year's NBA draft. Um, If he figures out what to do defensively, very intrigued. Um, 
he shoots the shit out of the ball. And when you can do that, you have a potential role in the His release is lightning quick. I watched yep. his scrimmage from yesterday, and that just reminds you of just he can get the ball off in the slightest window. And again, this is someone the NBA is going to value more than I do because you have a clear stretch appeal with his ability to shoot even some off movement. He can shoot deeper NBA threes, quick release. Um, you know, in NBA space, if he can get into gaps, like you said, he's a little bit more explosive than he gets credit for when he can load up a little bit. Defensively, even in that scrimmage, he was a nightmare. Like, he was tripping over his feet in space. Like, he just yeah. wasn't containing the ball that well. I do like, like, he seems to be into the game. Like, he's got some competitiveness to him, for the most part, that I've seen on the floor, which I like. Um, I'm not sure if that's Louisville or if that's him historically. I saw him at Adidas Nations, but I barely remember him as far as, like, mental makeup and stuff like that. But I do think he'll get drafted if he comes out like he's just gonna have he has an nba skill set he can shoot the ball he can shoot the ball off movement it's just those four guys who don't defend i just don't think they translate very well to actual real value yeah i agree uh amar sila uh he is playing in belgium currently was a developmental project at real madrid for a few years uh how much amar sila have you seen because i have not watched a crazy amount I've watched every game of his this season and a good amount of his previous tape, but more so this year. I think I've watched all, he played four games at this point. He started off injured, so he missed the first couple games for his team. I'm not going to pretend to be able to pronounce his team name either, but it's either Scylla or Sia as as far as how they pronounce it on the broadcast. (laughs) So... Tell me what I need to know, because I just haven't seen enough of him this year. He's another one of these kind of tools athletes. He's very long. He can really move change ends on the floor. It's I wouldn't like say he's six foot he's, eight, seven foot three wingspan, right? I think he might be a little taller than six eight, but I seven three wingspan seems right. Um, maybe like six nine ish or something like that around abouts, but change ends. He's pretty damn fluid overall as far as movement skills is mostly technically rough around the edges a little bit. Like as far as like exact technique, fouling, um, how to move his feet, how to mirror, all of those questions still exist. And offensively is where I don't know what his role is. Like he's not like a convincing shooter. Like he can stretch and for his team this year, he has been like trying to space from three. It does not look very translatable or persuasive. His mechanics aren't exactly the most fluid, kind of shoots a little bit of a jump shot at times he does take some shots off the dribble what i'd like to see him do more is actually like attack the basket and really as a slasher and like extend use his length but he's not that strong he gets knocked off his spots but does show foundational defensive awareness and he has the movement skills to be interesting in time i just think he's one of these players that it's going to be you know it's definitely going to be a few years like you're, you're drafting a legitimate work in progress he has the tools he has the athleticism maybe not the most explosive athlete but he can definitely catch lobs when he can load up and like sprint the floor so some teams are going to like him i think he's going to get drafted but i don't know if he's a first contract guy to me he's more of a second contract guy and that's a little scary for bigs yeah plays for ustend in uh belgium from senegal uh like i said i haven't seen enough of them to like really give you like a super strong take i watched like you know a very little bit last year in the uh, uh the ngt the next generation tournament you know, yep. it, he was fine. I thought like double double guy uh, played super hard, which I liked. Good athletic foundation, like you said. But like I, you know, how much can you really see in terms of like skill set uh, when he was playing? Like is like a four combo, even like five there. When you're probably talking about a guy that I guess is a five at the next level. But you know, it's just I, I need to watch more to like get a full feel so far. To be honest, yeah, yeah. In- 
you'll get that in time. He's he's pretty easy to see right away. Like you don't have to see a ton of film to really get an idea of who he is. I don't think he's going to be strong enough, at least initially, to anchor at the five. He seems more like a four to me, without really the skill set yet. Very unrefined. Like I will say, some of the FIBA tape, like playing for Senegal, like he it was very bad positions to succeed with without floor spacing. I think he, it does give you a good idea watching his tape this year. Um, in the Belgium league, like you, you get a good idea of where he's at skill wise and like feel wise. He, he does have some really nice plays. Though. Like I did tweet this one play where he reacted quickly to a drive, stayed on like the toes of his feet, was kind of like bouncing in rhythm, like mirroring a ball handler for a reverse, blocked the shot, and then the, the second attempt he finished the play. He'll have flashes like that where it's like okay, like that looks like a late first round pick to me, um, but it's not consistent. Next guy here that I have um, Xavier Tillman. Okay, any strong opinions? I mean, I think he's a really good basketball player. If you yeah. on the floor, especially, but if you look at his stats and like his production, like if you sort by like some of the assists, rebounds, like generating events on defense, you're gonna find guys like Brandon Clark in those searches because this guy just he has good feel. He really produces on the floor. I love his strength level. I'm a little worried how much more he can improve his body. If you've seen him like in, like entering college, very overweight. He's kind of he condensed was, uh, down. He's got a he was a thick boy. Entering college. <laughs> yeah, which shows his work ethic. I mean, props to him. He seems yeah. like a great kid. So I, I like watching him play basketball. Um, I think the jumper is actually somewhat projectable. I think he's going to be able to shoot, maybe not be like a high volume, like high efficiency shooter, but I think he's capable enough. He's a good passer. He had like a short roll pass in the scrimmage yeah. yesterday that I watched that was really nice. He's got good feel. Space defense, I think he's good enough. Honestly, I think he moves his feet well enough. Not going to be probably elite, but he's incredibly strong. Like he can sustain blows. Like watching him guard Zion, for example, like he was one of the few guys in college who could actually like somewhat take a shoulder drop from Zion because almost nobody can do that. So that was impressive. I do like the, the functional strength level there. I want to see if he can get better as like a slasher. Can he catch the ball as like a four, or like a small ball of five and like take somebody off the dribble and finish? Does he have that kind of coordination? Yeah, I like him a lot, actually. Uh, I like his feel level. He's super long, it seems like. Um like, I don't know what his wingspan is, but I would guess it's like a plus six wingspan. Do you think so? It looks like that. It looks around like seven two seven three to me on first sight. Like, yeah. it's, it should be long. Yeah. And for a guy that's like six nine, like, that's really, really important. Um, yeah. Like you said, a guy that uh, I actually buy his movement skills on the perimeter a little bit more than you do. I think he can actually move his feet on the perimeter now. Uh, he's not like I'm not sitting here comparing him to Draymond Green as a player, but <laughs> there, there are some vibes there. You know, like guy who gets to Michigan State, super overweight, uh, hones in his body, adds quickness. Those guys, I guess, like Tom Izzo just like figures out how to get these guys a little bit quicker on some level um, after they lose this weight. His feet are really good. Like he is very, I wouldn't say he has like the most flexible hips, but he does do a good job of, uh, like I mentioned earlier, transitioning that quickness into strength and being able to just body up someone in a way that is very translatable to the next level. Uh, I buy his timing instincts coming over from the weak side to contest the yep. basket. I buy his timing instincts coming over to block shots. Uh, I do think he does a pretty good job of getting his hands into passing lanes uh, and creating action events. Like you said, offensively, I think he's an excellent passer, a uh, very good finisher around the basket. Great touch. I think, um, yeah, I think he's like a borderline first round guy. Uh, like I am very, very high on Xavier Tillman. Yeah, I mean, of my returning prospects, I think he'd be in the top five. Like I just I buy a lot of his game. I'm just maybe not quite as high on his feet. I think they're very I think they're I should say pretty good. I don't think they're in, like elite. I don't know if he's going to no, be like this yeah. elite switch. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm 
I'm more optimistic, though. I, maybe you're a little bit higher, but I think we're in concert on most of this. He's someone that when you talk him through, like on a podcast like this, you realize how much more you like him because he does so many things. And like that guy last year was probably Nikhil for me when we had this conversation pre-draft. And you were like, well, why don't you like him that much? And I was like, I don't know how much of it's really going to translate. But like when you walk through it, you're like, this guy can do a lot of shit on the floor. Right. Yeah, that's like what I keep coming back to. Like, I want guys who can just do a bunch of different shit. Uh, I want guys who can be two-way players, who can pass, who can shoot. I want Kevin Durant. I want LeBron James. I want all of the best players. No, I'm kidding. I I just want guys that can do a lot of different shit on the floor because that's what's most valuable now, having guys who can provide an impact in a lot of different facets of the game. Uh, Even if you don't shoot necessarily, if you can – really make decisions at a high level and defend that is just so so valuable in today's nba um next is i believe quincy garrier for me you have not seen any quincy garrier from what i know right that is correct sir so quincy garrier is a six foot seven uh forward at syracuse who has like a seven footish wingspan um guy that Played for Brookwood Elite, which was Lugan Stort's uh, team up in Montreal at AAU. Um, Guy that can really create his own shot. Uh, Not the most efficient shooter yet. Kind of has some shot selection issues. But if he can work through those, uh, a very intriguing shooter as like a six foot seven kind of combo. Strong because he's like 225 pounds. Pretty uh, solid frame already. Uh, guy who can maybe uh, be a shot maker with some defensive versus well it sounds really interesting from the description unfortunately I can't add anything to that <laughs> the feel is the feel is what's questionable so I don't know okay. if he'll be your kind of guy to be honest um, maybe Derek Alston at Boise State uh, I will give you the floor because I just went on a little bit of a tangent about Quincy Gary. <laughs> yeah, he's another guy I haven't watched in about three months. I remember the, the shooting inputs are solid. He has kind of a more slender build. I, I remember his mechanics being kind of funky off the top of my head. I just remember him bit. not being he, he couldn't really do anything else on the floor. And that's kind of what turned me off to him. I, I have been told by some people even that cover, you know, Boise State sports to, to look out for him. So I've watched like two or three of his games a while ago. He never really blew me away. I, I get the size shooting combination though. So, uh, yeah, size at six foot eight, six foot nine, terrible frame. Uh, just not yeah. a great frame. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Bad frame. Uh, very, very skinny. Um, but he can shoot it even despite those kind of funky ish mechanics. I can shoot it on the move a little bit too. Doesn't make as many action plays with his length. He has very, very long arms, um, but doesn't make as many action plays as you would think. By the end of the season last year in the Mountain West, there were quite a few coaches that felt like he was the guy that they wanted to face least. Um, and that's like the Nevada guys. That's um, those like uh, Utah State guys. Like there were some good teams in that league last year. And by the end of the year, they were like, no, Derek Alston's really fucking good. Um, <laughs> 17 points, four rebounds, 1.4 assists, uh, 48.3 field goal percentage, 41.2 three-point percentage over the course of his last 19 games of the season. He doesn't get a lot of steals and blocks, though, right? Like, that's something No, he that really is, like, not a good defender. Yeah, that's what turned me off to him, is, like, the feel and, like, the steal, the defensive side of the ball. Like, the really skinny shooters. I, I get the 6'8", 6'9". He'll play somewhere for sure. I'm just not really crazy about him as an NBA guy. Yeah, I'm just not super sure what to do with him yet, to be honest. It's fair. Um, but he is, like, 
if he figures out the defensive side and like how to make impacts like on the perimeter, get into passing lanes, um, you know, hopefully use his length to body some guys up. Like there are some, there are some tools there. This, the skinniness is going to be in it. Um, Nemius Keita, uh, one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, then went to the combine last year and was dreadfully bad. Um, currently dealing with a knee injury as well. Uh, hopefully he gets healthy by the end of November. We get to see him in some of these showcase matchups early in the season. I'm intrigued. Uh, he He's like a big body guy that doesn't move super well on the perimeter, but I am intrigued by his ability to protect the rim uh, at an exceedingly high level. Utah State had a top five two-point percentage against and a top five defensive rebounding percentage for last year, mostly because of Nemius Keita. Oh, yeah. As a drop guy, he's definitely an issue, especially at the college level. And I think he can do that. Some of that stuff at the pro level as like a backup big. Um, some yeah. of the coordination stuff he has is legit. Like he, he flashes some skill level, some some passes from like the high post, has decent footwork inside. Um, I do feel like he can shoot like a mid-range jumper in time. Honestly, I'm not sure about threes yet, but he, he does am, have. I'm very not sold about that. So okay. <laughs> I've just not yeah, seen, seen enough it. of it. Like, I, I mean, he's a 55% three or a free throw shooter and just like the mechanics don't look amazing to me that's fair I, I just feel like his touch like i remember his touch being really good like again someone i haven't seen in probably like eight months this time <laughs> but I, I do remember his touch being good on like jump hooks and stuff and technically i usually i, I give those guys a little bit of leeway as far as mm-hmm. like extending range to at least the mid-range like three-point shots who knows if he's ever going to get to that point clearly but he left a pretty bad taste in my mouth in that washington game in the tournament i just thought he was really soft in that game so maybe i'm dropping him a little bit too much because of that does have his fans but another guy like i'm sure we'll talk about charles bassey at some point not the same player but like the strength like that's fine like the the, the positional size at center but how these guys are pretty replaceable, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's a little bit better than Bassey because I think he's better around the rim as a rim protector. And I think he has better defensive instincts. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a switch, but in drop coverage, like he does play pretty good gap defense. Uh, he does do a good job of uh, boxing his guy out and making sure that even if he doesn't get the rebound, his team gets the rebound. Like there, there's just a lot of really small little feel stuff that Kata does that when I watch Bassey, I don't get that impression. I actually think Bassey, despite the fact that like I've talked before about not really loving his physical tools. Um, I do think Bassey has better physical tools than Nimi Kata. Yeah. Um, the problem with ba- and like, I think Bassey really might be a shooter at some point. I um, agree with that. Pick and pop guy. I just don't know what to do with him because his, defense in terms of keeping contain as a drop guy or like when he's forced to guard down the perimeter is really bad um he is a very good rim protector but um his offensive translation as both a passer and as a uh, decision maker and as a rim roller and rim runner is just to be honest i think it's like pretty horrible bassies yeah i mean like he's for me, he's more of a stretch five, like pick and pop five, ideally, if he can shoot, which I'm relatively high on. He can pass. I've seen him pass a little bit, not a high level decision maker. He's really strong. Like he's a great post defender. Um, I don't know how valuable that is to people anymore, really, but he can hold his like his position inside, which is valuable to some extent. Like you need some guys at times who can, you know, present a yeah. body for some of these bigger players. I think that's more of what you're looking at. Like, I, I think some people have, you know, Bassey fringe first round, like early second round. And, you know, I'm clearly much lower than that, but I, I get some of the allure of what he can do. One to four assist to turnover ratio last year. It's not great. It's, uh, it's not a good indicator of decision-making on the fly. Um, 
Who do I have next? Oh, Yudoka Azubuke. Um, I used to hate Yudoka Azubuke as a prospect. Um, he's slowly but surely bringing me around. Uh, whereas I thought Bassey was terrible at Nike Basketball Academy, Doke was actually really quite good. Um, he was a good rim protector. He really, really uh, ran to the rim hard uh, as a pick and roll threat. Like he was genuinely a awesome pick and roll player at that level he set great screens he presented an awesome target for guys like Cole anthony to hit uh as a roller just dominated in terms of holding position i i'm not sold i think that he has some real potential uh as a backup center i mean he's one of the best play finishers if not the best play finisher in this class as far as just pure interior scoring lob catching like he his two-point percentage is incredible just because he can catch lobs he dunks everything he's enormous so like i do think he's gonna probably if he doesn't get drafted he's definitely gonna get like an exhibit 10 he's gonna be on the summer league 100 percent. he's probably gonna make a roster at some point like he, he does have a translatable if you play a lot of pick and roll in the dive game like he can low post seal he can do some things on offense and then he's just enormous on defense so if you can hang back he's going to be one of those centers that absolutely kills summer league because they just hang around the basket and he's going to be enormous but I, I don't know like he's not gonna be able to play in space i, I don't find that convincing but he's gonna have a spot i, I do think he's going to be an nba player for a certain duration of time there was legit just like a joel Embiid, carl anthony towns like full-on fight there you go. I'm not watching, so <laughs> I got that one recorded. Like a full-on, like... Like this? Ah, Carl threw one. It was more of like a like a MMA grappling match, but sure. Carl, like, kind of, he threw one. Uh, like, it looked like they were legit. It's hard to tell with Joel, because, like, Joel's always <laughs> smiling. Like, even, even in, like, weird circumstances, Joel is, like, smiling. We got, like, Ben Simmons on the bottom, uh... Looking like he was about to put like a Kimura on Carl Towns. Uh, if he's about to like roll him over onto his back, like it was a it was a move. All right, let's uh, let's move let's move <laughs> forward. Uh, yeah, Doke. He's never going to be able to move in space defensively. I think he keeps pretty poor contain at the next level in terms of being able to guard in space. Definitely can't flip his hips. Has huge calves that I think are just going to be a problem uh, long term in terms of like staying healthy and being able to move his feet. But mm, I slowly but surely I am questioning whether or not he's some. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Can I uh, hijack your podcast at this point? Yes, please. Uh, unless you're okay. the only there's one guy I really want to talk about that's left. I want to see if you bring let's him do up. it. No, I probably won't. So let's hit your guy first. Before we get we get dramatic here, <laughs> Anyeka Kongwu. Okay, that was one of them. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, six foot seven, not super big. I think he's six seven. Like he's not look bigger than six eight. I think um, he. I think he's six. He's got to be listed at like six eight. He's got to be six nine. Like there's no way he's six seven. You think? I don't think there's any way he's six nine. I'll say that. Really? Have uh, you seen him? You've probably seen him in person. I haven't. But like he looks to me on tape, he looks like at least six eight. He's listed at 6'9 right now at USC. Everywhere else had him coming into USC at 6'8. Um, okay. I am <laughs> I'm skeptical on 6'9. I, I would love to be proven wrong because I really like him a lot. And that dude plays his fucking dick off. But like, man, I would love I would love him to be six foot nine. I will say that. <laughs> um Go ahead. I will give you the floor then. You want to talk about it? I think he's a first rounder. I think I would even have him in the top 20 right now. I think he's really fucking good. Yeah, I'm going to have him in the top 35, I would say. I just think like 
if did you watch that USC Nova scrimmage? I did. He's yeah, he was the good. best player in that scrimmage. He was the best player in that scrimmage by far. Like by it far. wasn't close. Like his, his coordination is so good. Like I think I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Like he can finish with either hand. He has touch. He can drive in, in face up settings at times. Like he's I, I love his baseline coordination. I love his skill level. Like the shot, he does have kind of a little bit of a he seems like he short circuits his release a little bit at times, but I think honestly he might be able to space in time. I have some I think he has some shooting upside because I do believe in the touch. He moves well in space. Seven percent from the line in high school. That's really good for a big. Like that's awesome. Like I, I do think he's going to do that in time. And again, I'm really high on his coordination level. I think of all the bigs in this class, I think he has it. And that's something that, that sometimes goes underrated. I talked about that in the last podcast. But defensively, can move in space. He's got some real length to him. Pretty explosive leaper. Like he's had some really dynamic above the rim finishes. He's a power athlete in certain respects. I, I wish he was 6'11". If he was, he'd be the my center one in this class. He still might end up being my favorite center in this class when this is all said and done. But uh, I, I think he's vastly underrated from what I've seen. Like, there's a big gap between the perception of his value versus what I actually think his value is. I don't know I, why that is. I think I agree. Um, like I brought up the idea of, to you on a previous podcast, of what is the difference between Onyeka Kongwu and Usman Garuba. Um, I do think Garuba is better, don't get me wrong. But like, there's a lot of that game there in terms of, I think Kongwu can actually pass a little bit. Not at the level that Garuba can. Garuba is just like a higher field player, right? And just has a little bit more athletic coordination. But Kongwu can play defense in space. He can protect the rim. He's super tough and super physical. Like... This is, again, like kind of a, I don't know if he's quite Montrez Harrell in terms of like being a rim roller, but he has that like quickness that Isaiah Stewart doesn't really have. Um, yeah, the dude just is a fucking incredible motor player. Uh, he's going to be a top, like I said, I will start him in the top 35-ish or so. I'm like not 100% in, but somewhat convinced by him. How would you compare him? I'm not saying they're the same player, but how would you compare him to Bam Adebayo? Um, I think Bam is a lot more coordinated on the perimeter and is a better passer ball. Interesting. Like, I think they're pretty close. There's some of that there. I totally understand what your comparison is here, but... Yeah, I think that Bam is a better, uh, has more offensive perimeter skill. Okay. Yeah, I, maybe a little bit better. I, I got to see Okongwu if he gets into more advantageous situations. We get to see him in certain settings in college. But from what I've I, seen at lower levels. I level, also think like, Bam I, is probably an inch taller and maybe has two inches in wingspan. That's what I was getting at. My, my next yeah. point was going to be how much taller and. Like, I, I do think Bamp's motor is just incredible. Like, Congo plays hard, but I don't think he has that, like, outlier motor. I think it's it's very good, but it's not, like, Bam. Bam just plays his ass off all the time. And can Okongwu be that kind of player? This is just what I'm getting at. There, there's enough parallels. I think Okongwu is a better shooter, even though Bam showed a little bit of flashes at lower levels. I think Okongwu is definitely a more established shooter at the same stage. So that's just kind of what I see him as. I think that the coordination, maybe there's a little bit of a gap, but honestly, I, I see it as pretty similar from the tape I've seen of him um, to this point. I, I'm just really high in his game. I don't know why he's not getting as much credit. I know we talked in the past about like some guys viewing him as more of like this he's already physically filled out and that's why he's dominating. But if you look at like the specifics of how that matters anymore. Yeah. Okay. 
That's my point. Is like I don't really buy that shit. Like with Garuba too, it's like oh he's dominating. It's like he's like seventeen, leading the second best league in the in the world and rebounding for Christ's sake. Like so, not everybody can do this shit. Yeah, it's a little bit different for me with Garuba than a Kong Wu because I think a Kong Wu has continued to add athleticism. Garuba has to. Uh, we're not we're not gonna have the Garuba fight today. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like a fight that like I I am like think is worth fighting at some point even because i do like him like i think he's definitely going to be a top 10 pick at some point um and be like a top probably even like six pick at some point i just have some questions in terms <laughs> of like the long-term uh viability at center as like a guy that's six foot eight with not like he doesn't have crazy length right garuba i think he's like seven two seven three wingspan i think seven two is what i remember is it so yeah he does have crazy length then it's pretty good um, it's not like outlier like seven five or something it's not like jaron jackson wingspan or anything thing like that but it's pretty right long. yeah we're not gonna have the garuba fight now it's just not <laughs> honestly like i'm starting to be more convinced just by like watching him play a little bit in the acb like he is really fucking good um let's see is there anyone else that i feel like we need to talk about there's one more guy for me um just one more point on a kongu again for listeners look at his coordination look at his skill level i think both are underrated the last guy for me who i think is a first round big and i know you're probably going to disagree with this and i don't feel great about it because i haven't seen him for a year as far as actual game film, and that's the West Virginia Oscar Dechibwe. So tell me why you're not high on him. Uh, I don't think he has any touch whatsoever. See, the last time I watched him play, he was incredibly raw, like insanely raw in AAU. And I was like, I don't really get it. Like he plays hard. He's an incredible athlete. Like watch that guy run. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like he literally might be the best rim runner. I'm not talking about like catching lobs necessarily and like coordination, but like literally spraying the floor. Like I'm not sure if I would take anybody in the league over him. Like just running in a straight line. He's incredibly fast. Yeah. Um, he tries. I, I, see, we for we me, just talked at the top of this podcast. We just talked about the fact that I have watched him just like <laughs> dominate and demolish James Wiseman in person before. Like I, I get the appeal. I'm telling you, like I watched them play at McDonald's again with Wiseman like locked in. Wiseman close. fucking ate him. <laughs> like okay. the length yeah. was just too much. He doesn't have great Shubway doesn't have great length. He has like a seven foot wingspan at six foot nine. Um, and his touch isn't great. He he has he shoots like a it's a very hard ball coming out of his Yeah, that's definitely fair. And that adds up with what I've seen from him. Again, like a year old tape, even more than that now, frankly. It's probably been like, you know, 15 months and I don't have a great depiction of what he is now. It's just as a, it's, as a, it's not even that I totally like him out on him as a first round pick long term. I just think there's like a long way to go in terms of his feel still. Sure. Yeah, I think I'm with that. I, I just think he's worth mentioning because he does have the movement skills. He seems to have the motor. I don't know about the coordination. Like, what does he do on offense? He's probably going to have to be a dive guy from what I've seen. How are his hands? All of those questions. I have a ton of questions about him. I just think that there is some alluring upside. And some, a lot of people who watch a lot of lower-level film are very high on him. And it seems like that would be obvious now because, I mean, he... Definitely dominated Wiseman, it sounds like, and other matchups there. So I think that's where you might see some disconnect is some people that have really watched a lot of AAU where he was really effective, you know, you know, great numbers in AAU, I believe, as far as like blocks and steals. Uh, good hands in the passing lanes, all of that. The defensive acumen for him seems really high, and it's a good system for him to be in as far as showcasing his ability to move and change ends with, like, you know, Press Virginia's going to be moving around a lot. Um, CJ Walker at Oregon's another guy that I really like uh, for a lot of the same reasons that you like a Kongwu as a center. I like CJ Walker as like a wing kind of guy who plays super hard, seems to have pretty good feel for the game in terms of his defensive acumen. Uh, great length, obviously. Very, very, very high level athlete. Uh, 
does need to work on the jump shot. Needs to work on some offensive skills. He's become a good straight line driver, but you know, maybe a two and done guy that isn't getting a ton of publicity, but I really, really like. He's someone who every time I've watched like another prospect, he's always popped in the same yeah. game. Like his slashing athleticism. That's really all I can say about him is some of the coordination slashing. The athleticism is really impressive that I've seen in certain stints. I don't know about his feel. The jump shot, I, I don't really know if I saw him shoot that many times. It looked okay, if, if I remember correctly. So that's definitely something to watch. But yeah, maybe a, a two-and-done guy. I do think he's an, he's a draft pick at some point. Like he's going to get selected sometime in the foreseeable future. Um, Alpha Diallo. He's on my list. Guy who plays super hard, showcased some catch and shoot ability last year. Six foot seven, long arms, does some stuff. You know, it's not, he's not like an athlete to the point where you want him as like a wing defender at the next level. Uh, more of a four than a three, but he'll get a chance. He'll get a shot. Cause I think Providence, as we mentioned on the last podcast with three man weave guys, uh, I think Providence is going to be very good. And I think he'll get yeah. some looks. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. I agree 100%. Um, let's see here. Josh LeBlanc. You're a Josh LeBlanc guy. Like, I'm a Josh LeBlanc guy. God, I love his motor, man. He just plays so fucking hard. And he's he's smart, too. Like, for a freshman, and he was one of the smartest. Yeah. I mean, he's not the most explosive athlete. Like, he's not, like, a great, great leaper. But his movement skills are really good. And yep. it looks better. He's like one of those guys like Denny. Not, obviously not even near the same player. But someone who it looks better because he knows what he's doing. And yep. so his reactivity, like, his smarts as a team defender, all of that. And just he plays with his hair on fire. He's going to have to shoot, though. That's the main thing with him is, like, he's going to have to show extended three-point range. Um, hmm. Omir Yurtsevin on that team. Sure. I'm intrigued. I want to see more. Um, yeah. you know, was really good that first year under Keats at NC state, uh, then decided to transfer to Georgetown. Um, let's see who else do we got here? Oh, he doesn't really fit in maybe in this conversation, but did we talk about Sadiq Bay in the last podcast? I can't remember if we did. I don't know if we did. He was really solid at, to- uh, Nike basketball Academy. Yeah, like good catch and shoot guy for sure. Six no, no, no. Seven. He can do more than that. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. like this is this is development. Is like Ben Ribbon just wrote about this on the step in. Like he's like initiating offense for Villanova. Like he's like well, dribbling they have the no pass. One else. Exactly, but he looks okay doing it. Like he's shooting threes off the dribble and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you got to watch some of these his tape there. It actually looks somewhat convincing. And six eight, like this class doesn't have a lot of those guys. Like six eight guys usually translate better than six five and a half guys. Like as much as I love Aaron Henry as an athlete, he doesn't have the kind of size that you really look for at that, that big wing position. So if Cedric Bay's gonna like dribble pass shoot and like be able to read the floor, which he shows like flashes of doing he's a very very real prospect yeah like i'm gonna have him in my top 60 to start the year but like the athleticism is not super great like when i saw him at nike basketball academy like he was really not great defensively um i'll be intrigued if you really think that he can initiate offense that's like a new thing then because like he couldn't he didn't really even do that much at nike basketball academy and he certainly didn't do it last year because they had options but like i will go back and watch that because i am intrigued by him (laughs) potentially initiating offense because i i actually really liked what he did at nike basketball academy because he played like a very simple game knocked down shots from distance played smart made the right passing read like did a lot of that stuff um did not necessarily showcase like much handle or anything like that and that's what was so surprising to me this year in scrimmages like if you watch like the blue white game or whatever the hell it is for Nova like he was legitimately like playing pick and roll 
And yeah. that was something that I just did not expect. Like, I'm with you on the athleticism. Not the best. Like, is he really going to get to the rim and, like, slash? But I think what you're looking for is you're bringing more of a playmaker skill set to a wing position. And those guys have value. Like, it, he doesn't have to be, like, the initiator off the dribble every time down the floor. He can be, like, a secondary or tertiary ball handler. There's something, there's a huge difference between a guy who can just catch and shoot and a guy who can literally run, yep. like, a secondary pick and roll and, like, make a play. And if he can be a playmaker, that's just something that I had not seen last year, which is very surprising. Uh, one guy that's getting talked up, uh, Arizona is really letting people know that Zeke Naji has been really, really good for them so far. Okay. Um, six foot ten kid out of Minnesota, I believe. Uh, that doesn't have great length, but has really, really good hands. Uh, potential to shoot it, maybe. From what I've been told by scouts, Arizona is telling people that they think he is their best long term prospect. Scouts have gone and watched him and been like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's at least interesting nonetheless that they have another guy there that could really morph well with Nico as a guy who can be a running mate with a really, really firm base and great hands to play pick and roll with, as well as with Josh Green to potentially run the floor with Nico and space out to the other side as well. Yeah, I watched the red-blue game for Zona. He had a couple of splash plays. I think he played in that, right? Like, I, I don't remember him very clearly. I was watching mostly tunnel visioning um, Nico because I haven't seen him in a while. So I got to go back and watch that again. Um Brian Schroeder uh, at Cosmos on Twitter. He's he's a fan, I think, of of Najee. I have not seen a lot of him yet, so that's something somebody I'm definitely going to be looking for early in the season. Yeah, my my issues with Zeke. It, it's not that um, he's bad or anything. It's just like I think he actually does bring a pretty polished skill set to the table. It's that he's a six foot ten center that has a seven foot wingspan or so that just doesn't have great athleticism, really. So how does that work? is like a center, I guess, the next level. It's, it's, it's hard for those guys, I think. Is there anyone else you want to talk about? We've been pretty thorough at this stage. So <laughs> uh, I, will, I will give you the floor to one guy I was very interested in was Franz Wagner, but he's going to miss some time, it looks like, and I don't know what it's going to look like when he gets back. It uh, looks like maybe six weeks or so. Um, intriguing shooter, very skilled. Uh, a guy that a lot of European guys have talked to have said is like very, very high level now. Um, was a legit like five-star get for Michigan. Is there okay. anyone else that you're real interested in? I mean, we've talked about Killian Tilly in the past, but he's just another guy. Oh, one of the, yeah, I love so Killian. Like, yeah, so one of the best shooters for bigs in this class. Got great touch, can pick and pop. He's got great feel. I think he has good feet moving on the perimeter, um, very high stance. We've, we've covered him pretty in depth in the past, but I, I think, I mean, obviously the concerns with him are the injuries, right? And how that and the body, I'll be honest. Like, he's just, he is still so skinny. And, like, yeah. part of it is probably because the injuries haven't allowed him to, like, retain weight, right? But, yeah, he he's probably a five at the next level. You want him to be a five. He's just very, very skinny, and it's going to be tough to do that. Yeah, 100%. But I still think he's draftable um, based on that. Like, based on him being skinny, I, yeah. I do think it's, like, a third or fourth big. Like, he, there's a position for someone like that in the modern game. And just if he's going to – the injuries are really where the holdup is, and I don't have enough of the intel to really answer there. Another guy on Gonzaga that people are high on, Anton Watson, um, played in the state of Washington. So I, I saw some of his – I think it was his championship game of his high school league – 
Um, very good role player esque kind of projection. I the, the shot seems pretty good in the, in the game I watched. In a lot of these high school games, of course, these guys are mostly in the post. I'm not sure if he's like an incredible explosive athlete either, but he did finish really well. Didn't really see any left hand finishes there um, as far as in, on the interior, but I did like the skill level, and he seems like a pretty smart player. He's another one of guys, he, Mike Gribinoff's guys. I think he has him as a clear first round pick at this point. So there's going to be a reason for that. <laughs> I haven't seen enough of him to to say convincingly either way but he's someone he's one of the incoming freshmen and i think are a little out outside the radar and not really commonplace in draft discussion that people should definitely keep an eye on because we've noted in the past gonzaga's player development system is very very good yeah so i'm trying to figure out how did he play against or against michigan state because gonzaga scrimmaged michigan state um back in i want to say early to mid-october um i don't really remember much about him within that um I think he had a bunch of rebounds. I, he's a really good rebounder. I think he might have had like 14 rebounds in that game. This is just off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there? right. I'm going to give you the floor for one other guy. The reason for that is because Laura <laughs> can't get into our garage right now, so I have to end the podcast right now. So I will give you the floor for one more guy. <laughs> okay. Isaiah Mobley is the last guy I'll mention. Another guy in USC. Very, very smart no, we're, player. We're not finishing on Isaiah Mobley. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll give you the floor and then yell out one more guy. Talk about Isaiah. Yeah, I was going to say really high field level. Um, he had a pull-up three against Nova in, in preseason. I don't know about how translatable the shot is. He's going to have to shoot pretty clearly. Not very athletic. He struggles moving in space. He's kind of like a – he's not Kyle Anderson, but that kind of a cerebral kind of player. He's going to have to win that way and with his length. Um, he's definitely more of a locked-in four to me. Maybe he plays some backup small ball five, but he's not like a wing player. Okay, three more guys. Sorry. Paul Reed <laughs> at DePaul. Uh, great end yep. to last season. Definitely more of like a mid-post guy who doesn't make super great decisions yet. Uh, athletic upside there. Um, we haven't talked about Kentucky's bigs. And I don't love them, but EJ Montgomery and Nick Richards are getting discussed as very interesting players. Also, Nate Sestina has been really good in their scrimmages so far. Um do you have any thoughts on the Kentucky guys? Yeah, I don't. I've I've seen a good amount of them. I watched the scrimmages. I'm not really sold on any of them. We can add Keon Brooks into this discussion as well. Uh, EJ, I just don't know if he's physical enough, like if he's tough enough to play in the interior. Is he a real shooter? Like I like some of his mechanics. I like some of his face up fluidity, having that guard background. But I don't know if he's a good enough defensive player. I'm not really sold on any of these guys yet. I generally agree. I've never been a Nick Richards guy. I never really got that hype. Uh, no. Um, you've watched the Kentucky scrimmages though, right? I have. So what did you think of Sestina? Like, I don't think he's a pro necessarily, but if he's Kentucky's best big man, like he's going to get looks. Yeah. I mean, like he, he popped a little bit for me. Um, I was, t I was mostly watching Maxi just to get a better read on his movement skills and stuff, but you do see him pop on the screen a little bit. Like I, I don't know yet. I haven't seen nearly enough of him to really say with any kind of conviction either way. Review time from <laughs> I already ordered a pizza. You follow Sam and Cole on Twitter, maybe even Dieter. Sometimes I like to imagine Charlie from It's Always Sunny saying hello at the start of every episode. Try it out. You'll like it. I already yelled out wildcard bitches during this podcast, so I feel like this is <laughs> apropos. Um, Sam knows basketball players you will never even see. Sam knows when your favorite player began to correct their elbow flare in the 10th grade. This is a no-brainer. Subscribe now. Shout out. I already ordered a pizza, man. That's fantastic. Um... Cole, tell the people where they can find your work. 
as usual on the stepin.com, I think I'll actually at least be co-writing something with Ben Rubin about LaMelo Ball coming up. So that should be of particular interest to Sam. And just so I don't get killed and blasted on Twitter for this list, there was probably still about 15 guys we could have talked about, but we're in almost a two hour. So you could, I think you guys can probably understand that we're not going to get to everybody. But um, as usual, continue to listen to this podcast. God, I'm going to have to write about LaMelo Ball soon. I, I've already <laughs> like warned my editor. I'm like, Fuck, I have to get these LaMelo Ball takes off. Um all right. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Game Theory Podcast. As you heard earlier, we read reviews on the podcast regularly, so please leave us some really fun reviews, and we will make sure and read the best ones on the show. Um, that's about all I got for you guys. So until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye.